Officials Podcast, EPL World Soccer Specialist, coming in hot to preview the season coming up. Guys, we've had about a one-week break since the end of the season, so uh, we all should be pretty fresh. Ken Lee just went down to the beach somewhere, um, avoided the crowds the best he could. Uh, James, I understand that um, you are a Mandarin and Cantonese expert. Is there anything you want to say to our uh, Chinese contingent? Yeah, sure. Um... Can you tell me what you just said? Nope. All right. And we have 2013 MSSL Cup winner for the Greenbrier, Dr. Pete. Everybody's ready, guys. We're going to go over the preview for the goal in that semifinal to send us in the finals of the cup, by the way. That's true. I heard about that. I read that on the Greenbrier write-up on Facebook. (laughs) Your mom won't (laughs) shut up about it. (laughs) I heard the last time you won a cup was uh, 1996, Maryland State Cup. Is that true? I think we're moving on to the games in the season. <laughs> we're going to do an EPL preview, a World Soccer preview. We will cut. We will touch on everything from Liverpool all the way down to Arsenal, and we'll probably do some things. <laughs> what? <laughs> we will also review... order, man. Top of the table, bro. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We're going to cover a lot of topics. We're going to check a lot of a lot of topics, guys. Let's start. With Manchester City, James Lewis. Okay, great team. Go ahead. Great team. Uh, They are the Vegas favorite to win the league this year as of now. And do you think that's a little disrespectful to Liverpool, considering Liverpool won the league by 18, 19 points last year? Uh, I mean, just having us be the favorite, it's not like we're we're like landslide favorites to win it. Yeah, it's close. Uh, I think that there's a lot... You know, obviously, there's a lot that goes into making those odds. I think that we'll pro- what we'll probably get into a little bit later in the pod is that in this upcoming season, which is you know unlike any other one that's ever happened, there it, the fixture congestion is going to be insane. Mm-hmm. The you know the reasons why a player could miss significant amount of game time could vary. You know, someone might come down with COVID and have to be quarantined, mm-hmm. and I think that there's going to be a it's going to be very very important more important than it has been to have a, a deep squad and i think that obviously liverpool is a super talented team they just walked away with the, the premier league last season um you know but but i don't know that they have the real depth that that might come in that might be necessary this year so that might be why we're f- being favored yeah i would agree with all that i think the Thing that holds them apart is their depth exactly what you said they people have been making jokes including myself for the last three years talking about how Maraz came in for 60 million and he's not in the starting 11 they have uh bernardo silva who wasn't in the starting 11 he was 60 plus million um and i think that before we were making jokes about it but the truth is that that's what's going to make a difference in a year where um you have teams that will be playing nine matches in 20 20 days in some cases we'll get to that team a little bit later that's a ton and when you have mm-hmm. uh Mahrez and you have 
Bernardo Silva coming off the bench or Phil Foden coming off the bench. Um, you have an advantage uh, that doesn't take away from Liverpool, but I think you're going to see some really bad cup squads. I think you're going to see the big yeah. boys playing their youth. Um, I, I think that that's important. And I think if you have even having prem level players will make a huge difference as, as uh, compared to some of the other squads we're going to go over where they are only 14, 15 deep and you, and you need to be 20 deep. Not that city is 20 deep in superstars, but they are, you know, 16 deep in established players at least. So I think our full squad probably, you know, has the most depth. For, for talent in, in the league. That's what I would say. I would agree. Uh, now let's talk about pressure on Pep Guardiola. Pete, I know you like to talk about pressure uh, with Pep. Uh, do you think this cycle, which peaked two years ago, is it over or are they starting a new cycle? You and I both uh, are subscribers to the idea in American football that you have cycles. And this is also true of uh, football in general. But where do you think that Manchester City is in their cycle? I think it's hard to say. I mean, you're really going to find out this year. And it's really interesting how much each team of the big six of the big six have at stake right now for this season. I mean, everyone has something huge at stake. And I think for City, you're looking at whether or not they're on the way down or can they reach the top again and even if they win the league, is it, is the season going to be considered a success if they don't make it to the championship, Champions League semifinals for the fifth straight year? Yeah, I think that's really fair. And I think Pep will have the battle in the league and he will also have extreme pressure for the Champions League. I think they've made a few moves early with Nathan Aki, who's uh, more of, I would think, a rotational option for their center backs to replace um, – what's the Argentinian center back that left, James? Otamendi. Yeah, they replaced – He hasn't left yet, but oh, – I yeah. thought he was gone. Well, uh, they, they, they're shopping openly for Koulibaly, so I'm not sure where Otamendi is going to end up. Uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, you have rotation options being brought in. Fernand Torres, you lose David Silva and, uh, and Leroy Sané, who didn't really play too many matches last year, having been injured for the entire year. But th those kind of depth options, especially David Silva coming off the bench or starting matches against uh, certain formations and, and tactics, that's a big deal. I think that is a big deal. Um, Ken, now let's talk about the losses for City last year. They had the most losses Pep's ever had in the league. Do you think it's a case where the league has made an adjustment to playing these long balls? Um, your arsenal a perfect case in point of just, you know, conceding possession and then just bombing balls forward to Aubameyang. I, I wouldn't say that Arsenal has resorted to long balls. Let's not be disrespectful. <laughs> but to – I think that Manchester City has made themselves very vulnerable to a counterattack for sure um, with the back line. It doesn't necessarily need to be a long ball, as you can see from, you know, let's take the City-Arsenal game. I mean, they can't make – the clear, concise passes out of the back that they that they were doing two or three years ago at, you know, a hundred percent successful rate. Um, but I mean, I think that they've they've done already something to alleviate that with bringing more depth in. With you mentioned Aki, um, the 
I mean, it's going to be difficult, I think, for them to bring in Cole Ivy, but because they won't talk to uh, City, won't talk to Napoli because they, they're still butthurt. Yeah, that's so about, weird. They're still they, they about have, Jorginho like, moving to Chelsea at the last second. So we're not going to talk to you. They're we're moving. not talking to you. We want to buy your player, though. It's going to be hard. I mean, and they want a ton of money for that guy. So um, who knows? I mean, they're doing enough. I think. I don't, I don't, I used to really entertain the idea of just giving Pep the business, but I think he's, he's proven himself quite often that uh, he, he knows what he's doing much more than us uh, that sit on the couch and watch on the wow. weekend. So that's, I think come that, from um, Ken, that's pretty glowing praise. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I was expecting, I mean, Ken, are you in love with Pep now? What's going on? <laughs> I'm not in love with him. I mean, he, I think, I mean, he's at the top of the list for, for managers, I, I would imagine at this point. I mean, I think he just maybe needs to calm down in big games and just, just do what works. He, he oftentimes uh, allows the sleeping dog to wake up and then he doesn't know what to do with it. So just leave it alone and play the way you play the whole season and you probably would win those games that you're losing. He, he likes to, uh, to ticky-tack around too much, I feel like. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair. Maybe the assessment. problem is he has too much too. talent. Who knows? I mean, I don't, I don't know. But well, he's he's missing a little bit now. He's got to bring along some players. Um, I think that a guy like Gabriel Jesus, who's going to be the one, I think he's a he's a main talking point for their team this year because he does score goals, but he misses so many, and I think that's a big deal. Because if if Aguero is going to miss more time or the same amount of time he usually does. It's having a guy who doesn't have a good conversion rate, even though he gets so many opportunities, becomes a really big deal because you're going to need him for for regular games, regular matches now, instead of just playing him against poor teams or Carling Cup or uh, uh, those kind of cups, Carabao Cup, excuse me. He he scores a ton of of goals, but... You know they're against bad teams, so he's got to well, play against big defense. Teams. Comes in, they they need to rely on defense more than they have arguably ever since Pep has been there. I think. Yeah, well, if, if that's the case, then they're in trouble because the team that they're going to be racing against, according to Vegas, is Liverpool, who won a lot of matches on their defense alone. Um, James, I mean, they have obviously they have Virgil Van Dyke, who I think is still the reigning best center back in the world, although Sergio Ramos had a nice late run for um, Real Madrid. You know, they, they are more built on defense than they like to admit, having um, mm-hmm. a much a much uh, shorter goal differential, a smaller goal differential than Manchester City, but still winning the league handily because they won so many one nothing and yeah. two-to-one matches. Well, that, I mean, but, uh, but that goes back to, I mean, what do they do if Van Dyke is injured? Because they have the only other... They only have three senior center backs. They have Van Dyke, Joel Matip, and oh. and uh, Joe Gomez. So if I'm if I'm playing Liverpool and their back line is Matip and Gomez, I, I'm not feeling. I'm, I'm liking my chances uh, taking the game to them. Yeah, I think they just plug in James Milner, right? I'm pretty sure that's just <laughs> it's just defaults to Milner. <laughs> and I'd be happy with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I think that's a good point. And for Van Dyke has been especially consistent without uh, too many injuries, more than a week or so or two weeks. Ali Sohn last year was out for a little while, and they they were they did pretty well. They they did get diced up a little bit in the Champions League, 
um, with Adrian, but you know, they, they, really their strength comes from that, those from Van Dyke, from um, Trent Alexander Arnold playing wide. I'd be really interested to see what would happen if uh, Alexander Arnold missed some time, Pete, considering how many touches he gets and how influential he is to their offense. He had the most touches in the league last year and the most passes in the league last year. There's no question there's a huge drop-off from Alexander Arnold to the next guy, and that's true in a lot of places at Liverpool. And I just don't think they have the depth if Van Dyke, Alexander Arnold, any of their top three guys get hurt for an extended period of time. They've been very lucky with injuries the last two years. And in some respects, you need that luck. But if you look at every other squad, they've had major injuries to their best player, their second best player, and they really have not had that. And I just don't think they have the depth to absorb an injury to a guy like Alexander Arnold, who had a ridiculous amount of assists last year, arguably the best right back in the world. So I want to see how they're going to do with this schedule. They're going to lose their huge home field advantage this year, which, you know, Anfield has been a fortress for them. That's going to hurt them quite a bit. And I want to see how they're going to deal with being on top because City is the only team in the modern Prem who have been able to repeat as champions. And they did it by the skin of their teeth playing absolutely perfectly for half of a year. Yeah, that's, that's very true. I think that's a good point. Uh, James, where do you think that kind of depth will come into play? Because you're talking about uh, they have done nothing in the transfer window. They're talking about bringing in Tiago from Bayern Munich, who would be a, a great signing. But they're also talking about Wijnaldum leaving. And while Wijnaldum uh, didn't influence as many games as you might have thought, coming from a, uh, an engine room midfielder from a, a ninety what seven point ninety eight point Premier League team, he's mm-hmm. still an important part of their team and. It's also not to say that if Thiago were to come in, that he would all of a sudden just be perfect because all their center midfielders play a lot of defense. Yeah, they, they really depend on their center midfield to do all the legwork. Um, yeah. And to, to address your, your other point, I mean, it, it's, I think it's been, if not outright said, but pretty well understood that Liverpool are not going to splash big in the transfer market unless they sell. Um, and you know, Coutinho going to Barcelona whenever he went a couple of years ago really allowed them to finance them to build this team uh, that they have now. Yeah. Um, if Tiago did come in, um, if Tiago did come in, it would be because uh, was Naldum left, uh, and I think it would be you know they're not a like they're not like for like players. No. It's not for sure that. I mean, I think Tiago is, is an amazing player, so I'm sure that he would do fine. But they're not like for like. So you got to shuffle your midfield around a little bit. And if you're messing with the formula, you don't, you don't know what's going to happen. So, it, I mean, I absolutely think that they need to refresh their team. They need to bring in some key players and maybe shift some, some players on. Um, they haven't done that yet. If, if it ends like this where they don't make any moves, I, I think it's going to hurt them and they'll probably regret that um, before even the, the next transfer window comes around. When, when Alden played in 47 games for them 
in yeah. all yeah. comps last year. He wasn't yeah, like he's... a bit time backup player. No, he was all present. He was there. Yeah. I mean, and a super important part of the team. He's not making. He's not getting a lot of goals or assists, but he's enabling everything else. Yeah, I, I think. I think this is a really interesting situation because we talked about in the last couple episodes where Liverpool hasn't paid anyone yet. And when Aldum's in the last year of his contract, which is why he would go for a lesser amount of money, uh, like they're talking about 15, 20 million pounds to Barcelona. Um, I think that's a really interesting aspect of this Liverpool team because we've been over the salaries of overpaid players on Manchester United. Um, and the high salaries of Manchester City. There's a couple on Arsenal. Uh, but Liverpool hasn't paid anyone yet. And all these guys are making well under the 250, mm-hmm. 300 line that a lot of them, like you're talking about Van Dyke here, uh, would want to be. And, you know, Barcelona doesn't have any money right now. And Real Madrid apparently doesn't have a lot of money yet. But once things start going again, they're going to have the money. Um, I guess, Ken, how do you feel like the money situation could change for a Liverpool team that has, isn't paying anyone right now. I mean, I guess it's twofold. If they can't lock them down into contracts, they end up losing their first championship team in 30 years for nothing without having being able to rebuild. You ha- you have to have right. these guys in long-term contracts. They, they to get, get into like a Tottenham situation. Exactly. The last thing you want to do is lose a Van Dyke for free, lose a Salah for free. So if they don't stump up the money either in new players coming in or paying these guys to stay, they're going to be in a a world of trouble. Um, I would imagine now that the fans have a taste of a championship, um, they're not going to be too quick to want to go back down to finishing between fourth and eighth too soon and to do that it requires money in some form so they've got a decision to make they're either going to pay these 11 a ridiculous amount to stay in a contract if even for no other reason than to get a lot of money in the transfer window for them or to continue to build around them um that'll be up for liverpool to decide but either way it takes money just think about the contract that right now that trent alexander arnold could go out there and get seriously Real Madrid or wherever yeah, you want right to go. Now, I mean, yeah, it, it, it would be ungodly amounts of money. There's like six guys in their squad like that. Oh, yeah. at least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about Alisson, who is a reigning goalkeeper of the year, Virgil van Dyke, who's the defender of the year. Um, and you have even Andy Robertson. Robertson's on like nothing. He came from a relegated team. He's on like, you know, yeah. 75K, if that. Uh, TAA, I think, is. is Maybe even under that, Salah and Mane, I think, are, are up pushing like 125 range, 150. But these aren't these aren't the numbers you're talking about on other squads. Um, I mean, Manchester United, and Manchester City probably have ten guys that are that are making more than everybody on their team. Um, it's the going rate to go to some of these clubs. 200, 200 a week. I'm not coming to your club unless it's 200 a week. Yeah, and they I mean, have. More than half their squad below 100, I'm sure. I, I would not be surprised to see that. Yeah, and I think that that's not sustainable. Sustain, yeah, exactly. So if you're, I guess if you're smart, you pick the guys you like and the guys you're going to build around and you pay them. But that, you know, as it does in every other sport, if you take a big chunk of the payroll and allocate it in one direction, then you don't have money to pay both Salah and Mane. You have to pick one, you know. But and still that, the that issue is. Apart. 
yeah. Still, the issue is in that part in that piece is if you're going to at this point in Liverpool's uh, team and they're starting eleven, even if you're going to do that, you still have to lock the majority of that team down into long term contracts to get a value for them to be able yeah. to buy new ones. As a, yeah, I mean that's one thing Manchester United does uh, for better or for worse is they always maintain leverage over the players and a lot you know sometimes it doesn't work out but they they a lot of times will sign these guys and people will be like well why did you sign that guy for four more years when he was you know at at, at the 18 month mark well that's so that you maintain leverage because if you if you lose that leverage you get in situations where you have um you know where you have to make a quick decision on Obama Yang or make quick decisions on Erickson and those type of players. And it just kind of, it kind of blows up. And I mean, Liverpool, they're on the knife's edge. We talked about this uh, a couple of years ago with Manchester city. How long can you ride on the knife's edge? And I think for them, you're going to have a year coming up. I'm not saying that they will do worse because they are a well-knit team. They're very well run. I like seeing a team that can win one, nothing two to one, those kind of matches. I think that's a big deal. But to maintain that positive attitude the whole time is what makes managing so difficult at a, at a super team. As, as Pep knows, he's been on a knife's edge and, and, and had teams flying for years. And then one year it drops a little bit and all of a sudden you're, you're moving on. But So we're, we're really pushing the idea of Liverpool getting a fresh face in, somebody young maybe. I don't think Thiago is actually a good signing for them. Um, I mean, he's a fantastic player. I just don't know if he really brings in what they would need, which to me is like a young, hungry uh, midfielder. Who knows? I could eat my words definitely because he is world-class, but you're talking about a guy who has to make an adjustment into a new league, a guy with an injury history that could end up um, just upsetting things. He's also going after big wages, James, which is, I believe is, is the, is the uh, holding up of, of what's going on because he's leveraging now between. Well, they're not going to, I mean, it's, it's probably part of it, but now and all that. they're not going to bring, they're not bringing anyone in unless they sell somebody. So, yeah, I mean, they, they, they brought a left, a young, younger left back in, um, but it was for basically the same amount of money that they sold Lovren for. Who, who I mean, it, they're really signing. Uh, the last big one, I mean, Keita. Yeah, Keita was like in terms of dollars. 16. Yeah, was that last year or two years ago? Didn't that they was... make it two years ago? And he he came. No, they made it three years ago, and he actually didn't come to the team till uh, the year after because I think he got loaned back. Um, but yeah, that 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 sounds like it, right? Because yeah. they had Allison, Van Dyke, um, and then Keita, and then they kind of stopped because they had just bought. All those players are bought, right? I mean, well, Lonnie, I guess so. They they bought Allison, Keita, uh, and Fabinho, yeah. Fabinho and um, Shakiri all in the eighteen nineteen season. Yeah, Fabinho was big too. Uh, Robertson was almost nothing. TAA is a uh, is an academy product. Um, so yeah, I mean, they 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 spent their money, and I, I think right now maybe they're holding back so they can pay these guys. Maybe that's what they're doing. They're taking their you know, hundred million pound budget and just being like, all right, let's get ready to pay this guy and that guy. Um, so I think that's, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with it. This is a tough year to only be, you know, 12 or 13 players deep. And I think that does give city an edge, but at the same time they are, I mean, Liverpool played as well as any team has ever played in the prem for the first half of the season. So you really, you can't really hold it against them to, uh, come back and, and win the league again. But uh, speaking of a team, guys that uh, freshened their faces, I would say that uh, Chelsea, Dr. Pete, 
went absolutely crazy this window so far, pushing 250 million pounds. Do you think that puts them in a title race? No, because none of that 250 million pounds were spent on any of their the worst four starters on their team, which is their defense and their goalie. Who Their goalie was maybe the worst goalie in the league. Yeah. So you want to try and, and compete for a title with the worst goal in the league and one of the worst defenses in the league, then good luck with that. I think they shipped the most goals they've ever shipped or they, they they've shipped since 1996, something like that last year. And you just cannot compete in the prem without a very good defense. Now they did bring in Tiago Silva on a free, but he is, 34 years 35, old. 36 years old. 36. 36. Jesus. So that's a tough age. That's a tough age. I mean, he's, and again, top, top quality player, but 36 years old coming into the Prem, into a defense where you're going to have to be covering for these other guys a yeah. lot. It's it's a tough situation. And he's a super talented guy. And, and, you know, you never know. Sometimes you just need one leader uh, to bring everyone else in line, you know, and if it helps them raise their game a little bit, I mean, they couldn't get worse. So, <laughs> but it's going to be a big task for him if that's all they're going to do on defense. Yeah, I was listening to a BBC podcast about um, the transfer, and they were saying that Tiago Silva has been in the uh, team of the season for whatever league he's been in for 10 years in a row. He's been uh, one of the center backs. That was the best in the league. Now, that being said, the uh, the Brazilian that was covering the transfer news was talking about, uh, she wouldn't name her source, but that there was a, uh, a, a Brazilian who had come into the Prem at an older age, like 34, 35, and they said that the pace was so much different from the French league that they had joined from that they were having trouble finishing training sessions. Now, I'm not saying that Thiago Silva is going to, you know, hack up a lung after a training session or something, but I am saying the pace is frenetic. And the idea that you have, instead of just having one or two teams that can run at you on um, counterattacks, you have eight plus teams that can run at you. And the way Chelsea played last year, where they pushed up everyone into the attack, and the left the center backs and a lot of times just one or no outside backs for cover, that means you're going to be running side by side with Mane, Salah, Rashford, uh, Sun, Obama Yang, Pepe, like all these players. How do you keep pace with those guys? Um, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think it's, a, it's an amazing signing. Their other ones are more interesting to me. I, I'm interested to see Havertz. James, I, I know that he's supposed to be the next big thing, and he's very technical. He's like six one, two footed, plays like a shadow striker role. Yeah, uh, I think that's a good signing. I like. Uh, I think Werner's good. He's a burner. I mean, you guys, it's, it writes itself, guys. Werner the Werner burner. the burner. So easy. Oh, that's that's good. pretty good. So, yeah, it's, somebody write that down. Did you? Yeah, that's great. Copyright Yeah, right now. Uh, yeah, and then you have what Zayac is coming in. Um, and I, I think that so got Pulisic there. I mean, they're they're yeah. But but again, like Pete said, if you're still playing like an offset four three three, you're not allowing Conte to sit back. They 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 didn't. If you, I feel like that is what they would fix. 
Do you guys remember like four years ago when we started a Three Beards podcast? First episode, you can go back and listen to it if you want to. We were talking about Liverpool <laughs> and how both of their outside backs were in the box at all times mm-hmm. and that it was not sustainable to, to stop allowing goals. That's why they finished in fifth. And then Klopp listened to the podcast. Mm-hmm. He had his one outside mm-hmm. back would go forward and the other one would sit a little bit. That's mm-hmm. what Chelsea needs to do that, except they need to have Conte. Just sit Conte right in front of the center backs and say, you can't go past like the half line. You are there to pick off attacks. That's what Conte does. He picks off little attacks. His interception rate is through the roof, but he hasn't been the best player in the Prem for three years. I mean, he has been injured a little bit, but he hasn't been able to do his intercepting thing because they don't play a defense. They have him like developing his passing and his shooting, but why would you do that when you have a guy who's a, mm-hmm. who's a world-class uh, defensive midfielder um, James, so I, you hear I don't that, know. Frank? You hear that, Frank? You're getting it all wrong. I try to help him, but like the things he does, like oh, you guys saw the boat picks. Yeah, just screaming into the void. Yeah, screaming into the void. Smoking a cigarette. Oh, what year is this? What year is this? <laughs> but being cool, like is smoking on a boat. Is this like 1986, Frank? Like, what are you doing? So I, I, I don't it was 1986. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it might be better than what it is right now. <laughs> Uh, so I was talking to Iraq. He's our resident um, Chelsea fan. He he has turned into just a Pulisic fan to now following <laughs> Chelsea, which is unfortunate for him. He's telling me about Thiago Silva. He he was a goalkeeper in college, so he was like, you know, Kepa was totally exposed this year, which I agree with. Um, he was exposed, and you're not going to save a lot of balls if it's like the defense is always outnumbered and there's always open shots. That being said, Kepa has always been, you know, too small for the prem and is not a great shot stopper anyways. So I don't, I don't, I think he has to be replaced Dr. Pete. And I don't think they're making any noises. They're talking about bringing in a French goalkeeper who is like, I think second tier. Um, but I guess that's better than, you know, it's better than Kappa, right? Can't be worse. <laughs> and it, anything's better than that. I think their attacking talent is going to be up there with the best in the league. They may, score the most goals or have the second most goals. That wouldn't surprise me at all. But let me just name their back line for you. This is probably what their starting back line is going to be. Ben Chilwell, who's good, but let's see how he is on a top four team. Zuma, terrible. Silva's (laughs) almost as old as I am. (laughs) And he's moving from the Farmers League into an English Premier League into a schedule that is absolutely brutal, that no 36-year-old can handle, and Aspilqueta, who's one year older as well, who got absolutely yeah. torched by Arsenal. Mm. It looked like a career-ending like a current, time to Career-ending burn. Yeah. And Willie Caballero in goal. Hey, Big Willie, baby. now don't talk. Big Willie, baby. Put some respect on yeah. his name. Yeah, Big Willie, baby. I'm with that. Really, Billy Caballero. A lot of five to four games, man. Yeah. I mean, it is exciting. And I thought there was an interesting um, point made that the English commentators have been arguing about, uh, does Frank have no more excuses now that he's bought this this whole new team? And I'm like, That's, that doesn't matter at all. You never have excuses. They're always looking for a reason to fire you. So if someone were to ask Frank Lampard, like, hey, would you rather have like a little bit less expectations where you're supposed to finish like third? Or would you, would you like this 250 million and you have to make a title charge? Like everybody, every single time is going to be like, well, title charge, because you're going to fire me anyways. 
Uh, Ken well, he's Lee, not going to get fired if he comes in third this year. No, he won't get fired at all. Definitely not. But he's going to have a hard time coming in third anyways. Yeah, yeah it's going to be tough. But that's, I, uh, you know, that's true, but he doesn't have to make a title push like coming you don't first think so? or second this year. Not, not, I think they'll give him the, – the, there will be much more pressure next year, but not like any – like some of the other coaches. Like if you look at who has the most pressure on them, he's not in the top three. Well, it's Chelsea for one, so the pressure will come from within the locker room. Yeah, they, um, once the locker room, if they ever lose faith in Frank, Frank will be gone. The yeah. locker room decides who stays and goes at that club. Always have, always will. At least since the money's come in, they're uh, they're they're bought and sold by the by the starting eleven. And yeah, but Frank they is, don't have Frank's that many veterans. Now. You know, they had all those older guys on Chelsea all True. the time. I mean, there aren't that many. I think two hundred million locker room anymore. Yeah. So a lot of let's not forget be. Frank Lampard was. The, one of the yeah, leaders in the dressing room that was making all those calls. I mean, he was one of those guys. Oh, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, good point. It's a weird locker room, too. There are guys sleeping with each other's wives and stuff. Like, I don't really know if, like, that's a locker room that should have all that power, but they always have. It's, it's bonding, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're Eskimo brothers after that. Uh, uh, yeah, they, I mean, it, it, for, it, Chelsea no, 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 is no, going to need to win something. Setup. I think he needs to win something for. I, that's what I think, Ken. I think they, he does have that pressure. Maybe because... not the league, but you got to put something in that cabinet for. If they days. buy him a goalkeeper, okay, then I th- he think he probably has. Like I think I'll right now, any that, any though. any. How much money if... can you have locked up as yeah. goalkeeper? Uh, I know, well, I know, but I, but <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, no, no matter how crazy the the owner is or the board is or whatever in the locker room, you can't expect someone to t- challenge for a title with Kepa and goal right now. So I don't think that can be the expectation. So, but you guys say that, but I mean, how many times has I'm not Abramovich fired, fired the manager after they won the season or won the title the previous year? I mean, he's done that several times, like very recently. Ancelotti, he did it with, he did it with Conti. He did it with, did he do um, it with like Avram Grant or something? Back in the day, uh, no, who was it? Uh, Dominic Matteo. Yeah, yeah. Dominic. He he won the champion. He won the Champions League. Got fired. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like you guys are talking about this rationally, and I don't think that's where Abramovich comes from. The owner. Yeah. He's not a rational person, and they do love Frank. That's the only mitigating factor to me. But if he finishes like 19 points out. And or doesn't finish in third even because they finished in fourth last year. It would not. So you're telling me if he had no improvement, he finished in fourth, Doctor Pete, uh, that he would be in the clear after finishing in fourth this year after spending a quarter of a billion pounds. He, he won't get fired after this year unless they come in eighth place. Now he okay. will have a ton of pressure on him next year, but I think I really do think that him being a club legend buys him another year of time. I mean, yeah. even if it is Abramovich, like the fans will go nuts if he comes in fourth and they can him. We'll see because it depends on how he comes in fourth too. Right. If he if he like ships sixty five goals again, then he's going to get fired because he can't do a defense. I think those narratives write themselves, James. Well, and it doesn't, but it doesn't happen in a vacuum either. You yeah. Know? Like, okay. We, I mean, City didn't win the league this year. Obviously, the expectations for no, they didn't win the league. No, Liverpool, you're looking. You're like, okay, well, Liverpool were just that good, right? Yeah. What, are you, what are you going to do? I mean, there, you've got every other team around them also strengthening, for the most part. I mean, City have brought players in. United's made a made a purchase. Uh, you know, 
Tottenham. Well, but you're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> there's gonna be teams out there doing better and better. I made a documentary. You Stop are. It. <laughs> I made a documentary called All or Nothing. It's not their fault that it might be nothing. Well, eighth place talking big over there. <laughs> All right, hey, so, trophy. trophy. Say, unless Frank finishes below Arsenal, then he's getting fired. All right, I would matter. like to put a bet. Who wants to bet against me that Frank gets fired if they finish in fourth? Who is it? I, I, I will beat, take that I will bet. bet you yeah. ten dollars hairs. Right. Okay, you're in. great. By the, way, by the way, by the way, Vegas says they're going to come in fourth, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. So it's, it's all going to be up to Abramovich, and you're going to see how level-headed that guy is. He just spent quarter bill. I think Frank's time runs out. Right now, it's easy to say, but don't forget how many goals they shipped at the end and how they almost didn't even get the Champions League. They were very, very close at the end of the season. Yeah. I, I think I think they, they – I don't mm-hmm. think they're done spending. I think they buy a goalkeeper, too. But, I, I but I'm still to. taking that bet. Okay. I'm still taking that bet. I just okay. don't understand how you can spend that much money in Havertz and not not upgrade your goalkeeper spot. That makes no sense to me. I mean, you say that. Well, I think but... that right there says they they are fine with either Kepa. Willie or Kepa, uh, and Kepa they're just can't. make it up with goals. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a I risky just, risky play. I, Super I risky. think that's what. Liverpool did a few years ago and they ended up sneaking into fourth. Like, I, I just don't think that's a way to, to have success anymore. You have to have some kind of defense, but all right, guys, that's going to wrap up our part one for our EPL preview. I appreciate you guys hanging in. We will have another episode coming out tomorrow or the next day, and we will finish up with the rest of the teams and we'll get an idea of what Gareth Bale's doing. James, where his over, uh, what his, handicap is and just you know everything you want to know about about the footy sound good yep see you guys tomorrow